What's up, everybody? All right, we're going to jump right into this one because I've been getting quite a few DMs on this subject, okay, about kind of seasons of life or situations that you're going through currently, and it sucks, the pain of that situation, like the title of this podcast, right? Uh, Whether it's a relationship thing, whether it's school, whether it's at your job, whether it's with a family member, you're going through something and it sucks. Uh, and uh, trying to get through that pain. I've been talking with quite a few of you, at least on Instagram, um, about getting through it. And if you if you get a chance to step back and, and listen to my episode, I forget which one it was, but uh, Crossing the Desert, I think it's episode nine, something like that. But that's a, that's a really good episode for some of you that are going through uh, a lot of pain. Um, and how to get through that and, and find not necessarily the, the oasis in the desert, but kind of get through it and get get beyond it and get to the goal that you're going after. But this in particular, I'm going to share a little bit of my time with the Navy SEAL team and kind of my my pain and all of that uh, and how I kind of pushed through and overcame it. But hopefully it's relatable to you and whatever you're going through because in that pain that you're going through, you you got to realize that there's a lot of benefits that happen that you may not see at the time, but are happening around you. And uh, if you don't push through that, you're, you're not going to really realize those benefits. It's not it's not going to manifest itself in your life in the way that you would. And I don't say that word manifest like some kind of mumbo jumbo. I mean, it's true. It's, it's just not going to happen. So this story starts about seven years into being at the SEAL team. Now, if some of you listened to my podcast for quite some time, you know that uh, I enlisted pretty much after a year in college of just being a total jackass, getting terrible grades, losing my running scholarship, not being able to pay for college. And at the end of the year, uh, sitting in my small little apartment, not making any money, uh, eating uh, top ramen for like five weeks straight, uh, I talked to the Navy recruiter. Anyway, so I get enlisted in the military. That's in prior podcasts you can listen to. But um, seven years in, uh, I was starting my third SEAL platoon to kind of fast forward a little bit. Um, I was a corpsman at the time and doing pretty darn well in, in my eyes anyway. Uh, I think uh, I think, and, and some of my friends would agree to that, but... Anyway, uh, I was tapped to be the leading petty officer of a platoon. So that position's right under the chief, and uh, you're kind of passing down what the chief says to the platoon and what you have to get done, that sort of thing. It comes with a lot of responsibility and um, things like that. So uh, I was pretty excited about that at the time, and uh, everything is going well. I didn't just get promoted to... Uh, E6, uh, I was what's called capped, which means uh, you go through an evaluation process and you're you're meritoriously uh, promoted to that rank. So that was an award in itself, and uh, I'd, I'd had a pretty pretty good couple previous platoons. Um, I was enjoying what I was doing, to say the least. Um, at the SEAL team I was at, we were out in Hawaii, and we had the underwater mission, and we did all the underwater uh, search and reconnaissance and all sorts of stuff, uh, working aboard submarines, that sort of thing. But anyway, um, this platoon had come together. So you have the chief, you have myself, there's probably 10 other guys 
uh, enlisted guys uh, in the platoon, and then you have the officers, the uh, officer in charge, and you have the uh, assistant OIC. And so that is consisted of the platoon there. And you have some support personnel that are, you have some divers and I think another uh, corpsman as well that aren't SEALs, but they're attached to your platoon as support. Anyway, um, within that platoon at the time, you go through what's called a workup where uh, you go through different training blocks together and you're doing shooting together, you're doing diving, you're doing all the basics together. You have, you have a, a 16 to 18 month workup where you're doing all these things. And, and during that time, people will break off by themselves and go to different types of things. They'll go to sniper school or they might go to uh, free fall school. And this is a, back in the day. I think it's a little bit different now, but uh, you tend to stay together as you go through these training blocks to one, learn how to uh, work together, uh, leadership, um, uh, how to do all these things together. And we had the additional mission of doing all the underwater stuff. So we had to learn how to do missions out of the SDV. That's the SEAL delivery vehicle. It's a wet submersible, like a just a black torpedo of death is what I refer to it as. And you shove a bunch of Navy SEALs in there and you could launch out of a submarine uh, to pretty much anywhere in the world. It's the most clandestine way to conduct uh, warfare, I guess. But anyway, so we, we had that additional, I guess, training block. And during that training block, we traveled to a particular place. I'm not going to mention here, but that's where we did our training. It was pretty cold water, a lot of current, a lot of things happening. And... Um, there were certain people in the platoon that would navigate and, and pilot the SEAL delivery vehicle, the SDV. Okay, and when I say pilot, you're looking at some instruments underwater and you're blind other than the forward-looking sonar that comes out of that. And remember, it's all wet inside the submersible. You're breathing off your own apparatus, whether it's a dry, uh, a semi-rebreather or, or a fully uh, closed-circuit rebreather with no bubbles. So um, it's... It's just basically, I mean, it, like I said, it looks like a torpedo. You guys can Google it and figure out what it looks like. But uh, you can have up to four guys crammed in the back, which is like shoving, it's like sardines in a can. It's crazy. Uh, a couple guys up front. You can even shove a third guy in the middle um, if you really just stepped on his head and, and closed the hatch. Uh, so uh, it was a long training cycle to learn how to do all the operations out of there because we could travel a long distance. We could deploy SEALs out of there over the beach, come back and pick them up later. The STV could rendezvous with a submarine, all that kind of cool stuff. And so we were going through that training as, you know, months and months of training to get proficient with, with doing that sort of operation. And, you know, I'm going to speak about my particular pain point in my life that uh, it derailed me, really, from everything that I was looking to do. Uh, and and moving towards so I don't know a few weeks in I was uh, I was talking on the phone to my 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 wife at, at uh, uh, from the location I was at but I was talking on the phone and we'd been going through like I said a couple weeks of of, of this training cycle diving constantly and all of a sudden I couldn't speak anymore. I literally could think of the words in my head, but I couldn't speak. And I still started to feel really dizzy. And I was like, holy crap, something's going on. 
And I remember just trying to speak into the phone and I couldn't say anything. And, you know, being a, being a corpsman, knowing medical stuff, I was like, oh crap, something really bad is going on. Um, I ran over to, well, I kind of stumbled over to my friend's uh, room where we were staying, right across the hallway. And I went into his room and kind of making these weird gestures and like, hey, something's wrong because I couldn't necessarily speak. I started to feel nauseous. I ran into uh, his bathroom, kind of bouncing off the walls. I threw up in the sink and I looked up in the mirror and uh, half of my face was, uh, didn't look like the other half. Some of you probably know where I'm going with this. I was, and I kind of realized at the time, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm having a stroke. I, I'm, I couldn't really feel half of my body and I couldn't feel half of my face and it looked like that in the mirror and I was like oh my gosh and it was happening um I felt like my I guess my internal clock was slowing down right I felt like I was winding down I was gonna die it I couldn't can't really I, I can't explain the feeling it just really in words so much other than that right it it was this this just like like everything is slowing down and I remember kind of falling on the floor and like wow this is it man this is how it all ends after all these years of doing what I'm doing and all of this that I've been through um, I'm going to die on the floor and after just throwing up in, in the sink and just feeling awful um, I could kind of hear what was going on around me. My buddy obviously was freaked out. Like, what the hell? I mean, who expects a stroke in a young guy like myself? Um, I don't think I was 30 years old yet. Uh, maybe younger, maybe 28. Um, and yeah, it, it was it was crazy. Uh, the other platoon members came into the room. There was a lot of shuffling. You know, time kind of fast forward a little bit. I don't really remember much, but loaded me into the ambulance. Um, I was I was kind of in and out of consciousness as I remember it. Now, with all the diving we were doing, the doctors, when they started to hear about this person that passed out, that uh, had been diving and all that kind of stuff, they, they kind of thought it might be diving related. Like, you know, I, I had a bubble in my head or something like that, but... We had not been diving uh, compressed compressed air, uh, not so much. I mean, we were diving rebreathers in less than 20 feet of water, um, which are 100% oxygen. So, um, which is totally fine. And it's great, and you can go a long time on it. But 100% oxygen, if you dive at depth, is toxic to your body. So, so they started ruling out any kind of diving-related injury to do with the bends or something like that because we weren't diving. Um, that that type of uh, apparatus. So um, the the doctors there they life flighted me over to the major uh, medical center where we were at, and uh, you know my symptoms were still the same, but of course everybody's freaking out like how do we wh what's going on with this guy? I mean they, obviously there's some sort of paralysis on his left hand side, can't speak very well, and I, it was obvious I was having a stroke. Uh, they started giving me a bunch of medi medication, things like that. Um, and it was a pretty scary situation. Uh, 
fast forwarding a little bit to kind of get to the main point here. Uh, but this is my pain point of, of life hitting me in the face pretty hard and stopping everything I was doing uh, with this stroke that I was having. Well, my symptoms, they started to disappear, meaning I started to get feeling back in my left-hand side. I could move my arm. My uh, face was acting normal. And over the next day and a half, I fully recovered, which, as anybody knows about a stroke, is pretty much amazing, right? I, I fully recovered. I was like, hey, get me out of this hospital. Let's go. Let's get back to work. Um, well, there's another punch in the face. Hey, Justin, that's not going to happen. You know, we don't know what's going on with you medically. We can't clear you to do anything that you have been doing, diving and jumping out of airplanes and doing all this stuff. You're now sidelined. We have to pull you out of the platoon and replace you. And that's when I was like, oh, shit. Right? I know I have all these plans. I, I'm supposed to be doing this thing, and that's not happening anymore. Um, so I flew back to back home and that's I can't kind of that's like the that was pain for me right I'm back at the SEAL team walking around and everybody heard about the situation and they were sympathetic to it like hey bro you all right man I heard I can't believe you're walking around and for me it was it was I felt sheepish I felt like oh man I, I'm not good enough to be here anymore I'm what use am I here at the SEAL team? I, I feel totally capable, but not according to the, you know, our, our diving medical officer who is there at the team hasn't cleared me to do anything. And I went through a whole battery of tests over the next, geez, it seemed like months. You know, they, I, they did a, uh, what, a lumbar puncture, a spinal tap on me. They started doing all these tests to figure out what happened. Did I just have a temporary spinal stroke and then it passed um, I'd had a heart check where they check for like a hole in your heart things like that all that I think it's called a bubble test I had all these tests done and it's driving me crazy because now I'm in limbo what do I do I'm sitting around the SEAL team and I now got removed from my position somebody else took it over they're having a great time they're going off to war and I'm stuck at the at the team and I it sucked I got depressed um, and that that's the season of pain that I started to go into and I beat, beat myself up over it. Um, I was, I felt like more of a liability to the team than anything. Um, yeah, I got to be home a little bit more with my family and things like that at the time, but man, you want to be active. You want to be doing things. And, you know, thinking back to that time, there were, I finally got to a point where I had to make a shift. I had to do it quickly and keep moving forward. I couldn't let this thing or let somebody keep telling me, no, no, sorry, you can't, you're not medically cleared. So I went to the diving medical officer and said, hey, if you haven't found anything at this point, I'm good to go, man. You gotta push this thing up the, the flagpole or wherever it needs to go to get approval, but I'm moving forward, man. Um, because he really wanted to figure out what this was. Like, what the hell is going on? And I, badgered him like every single day like hey have you cleared me yet have you cleared me yet you know it's like no 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 you know you had to cover his ass too I mean if he cleared me and next thing you know I'm you know having a seizure or having another one of these episodes <laughs> and that's on him right if 
finally after our last battery of tests at the hospital, and that my my medical record literally got crazy thick. It was like three or four inches thick of all these crazy tests they did. Didn't find anything, and finally they labeled it as a what's called a TIA, which is a temporary stroke, I guess for better lack of a better term. I don't know what the exact term is, but and uh, that's what it was. So they labeled it and green light, you're on, and. That's kind of what set me in motion to kind of all the benefits of what happened from pushing through that pain and and driving towards, hey, let's get some results, let's get some answers because I got to move forward. I got to stop looking back at everything that I lost at the time, right? I lost my platoon. I lost, um, now I got to explain, oh, why'd you get pulled out of being this leading petty officer? Why, why did this happen? Well, medically, blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it just sucks having to explain that. And, and I look back at my career and I was just, it was kind of, hey, this, these were the stepping stones to get there. And then I just got, like I said, I got punched in the face. You know, a season of pain hit me. And I think for many of you out there, especially reading all your DMs, you're, some of you, are, many of you are going through a season of pain, some more severe than others. Uh, I mean, I just read one today. Somebody's... Uh, his wife just cheated on him and they're probably going to get divorced and they're going through the season of pain. I mean, just awful stuff. Not being able to see your kids, not being able to get a job, not being able to do certain things, you know, failing out of school, addicted to drugs, you name it, it's out there. People are going through that right now. And some of you are in the midst of that pain if you're listening to this. And it's derailed you from life, derailed you from moving forward like it did me in my career. Um... And, you know, you, f- you start to get down on yourself. Well, I'm not good enough. I wasn't good enough for this person. I wasn't good enough for the SEAL team. I wasn't good enough for school. Oh, drugs are the only thing that make me feel better. You name it, right? I've, I've heard it. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you that, you know, you need to make that shift. You need to make that shift and look forward and stop looking in that rearview mirror of all the things that could have happened. Hey, I could have had that relationship. I could have had that job. That person took it from me. And blaming blaming other people, blaming the situation, because I did it myself, uh, the circumstances, what happened, and how bad it's going to be going forward and, and how much that you lost. The moment I made that shift to get answers about my situation and how do I move forward, um, how do I press forward into this to get through this pain, because pain is temporary, all right? I want you to listen to this pain is temporary it will pass but you know what if you quit it's forever you quit on yourself you quit on other people it is forever and that's something that stuck with me for a long time I knew that if I just curl up in a ball and I just had all this bitterness about where I wasn't and and this whole thing that happened to me I would be one of those people that is yeah it's just going to get stalled out in life and just kind of sit there and, you know, that's how alcoholism starts. That's how all these bad habits start and low self-esteem, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I had this thing happen to me and press forward, right? And get out of that. And so what I do once I got cleared medically, boom, what, you know, what's, what's next? Um, Hey, I, is, there's still some time here where I'm not in a platoon. I don't have a clear direction. Well, let's make a direction. Uh, signed up, started going to night school. Hey, let's let's try to finish my degree at the same time that I'm 
in the midst of it. There's no platoon that I can hop into just right away. Uh, how can I be useful? I moved up to the training department where I was training platoons and I was going to be able to go to night school at the same time. Boom, that was had a lot of positive effects. I was able to pass on some of my knowledge from other platoons I was in. I was able to go on a rescue mission and save somebody's life out at sea. That built my confidence. I was able to start knocking out some of these college credits that I had failed at in the past, right? Remember at the beginning, I'd, I was an awful student in the beginning. I just, I just, uh, I just partied with my buddies and didn't go to class very much. So, and that started to build up confidence slowly, you know, day by day, month by month. And it, it was very, very powerful. And before you know it, Hey, Justin, you have enough credits. We, you're going to be at graduation. You're, you're going to get your college degree. Are you serious? What? Man, I, yeah, I've been going to high school a lot. And, and I had a family. And I was at a SEAL team working, you know, working a lot. Holy cow. Man, is this is this the end? And, and I did. I graduated. Um, I was able to, like I said, go on that rescue mission. I was in train department. Making a difference. So my point is, is what other pain points you're in? Yeah, you got to accept it. Hey, this situation is happening and it's happened. Holy crap, it sucks. I get it. How can you press forward and, um, you know, better yourself in some way? Because that's going to help the situation out. That's going to move you towards, a, in, a, in a positive way. And for me, and, and it wasn't all, you know, roses at the beginning. Like going to night school sucked taking out my time, you know, two hours every single night to go listen to statistics and world history and getting it done. It, oh man, that it was painful. But as I started to pass those classes and, and, you know, get those, those credits that I needed to get the degree that really helped out. Right. And I would build my confidence and you guys follow me on Instagram. You know, it's just that 1% better every day is what I preach all the time. It's not those big things you do in life it's those little positive things each day that build up over time that snowball into you know a massive result and I didn't quit okay it was so easy to right hey I had this medical thing happen man I'm just going to get out of the navy geez uh you know that's not my fault it's something you know all that kind of stuff and you just got to get get your mind frame out of that yeah you're doing bad in school right now Okay, well, move in a different direction. Shifting and moving in a different direction may be the best path for you. Maybe the path you're on is just is just not for you. Well, hey, go to a trade school. Pick up a trade. Learn how to do something. Be an electrician. Do something else uh, besides the direction you're going if that's not the path for you. You know, you have something happen in your family. How can you support the situation to make it better? Because that's going to give you more confidence and it's going to help you out mentally. Don't just sit there right? You've heard the term shoot and move. Well, it's true. You stay in a spot. You're probably going to die. You got to move out of a situation as it changes. And that's what life is, right? It's a bunch of change. It's seasons of going through different things. You notice it's not always amazing all the time, right? Except on Instagram and Facebook, but right. There's highs and lows with everything. And, and, and there's struggle and there's difficulty and you're going to have arguments and you're going to fail at some things. What I do know is if you have this pattern of quitting things, you're going to just go down just, just into the pit of despair and, and, and 
yeah, I just have to be depressed. It's going to suck. And how to climb out of that and how to move forward is just stop looking at that rearview mirror, like I said, and press forward. Okay. And that's what I did in my situation. And that's what I recommend you guys do in whatever situation you find yourself in. Even if you're like, whoa, Justin, man, I'm going through something way heavier. Well, believe me, I've had friends going through way heavier stuff than what I explained to you just now in this short story. I mean, heavy, heavy stuff. I've been there. I've been to funerals. I've been through all that. And I know taking time to grieve whatever that situation is, put it behind you and step forward. Whether it's a relationship, whether it's a situation, whether it's job related, whether it's school, you know, maybe some of you here are are ready to drop out of high school for God's sake. You know, maybe you already dropped out. Hey, sign up for your GED, take classes, get, you know, get that done. Whatever small step you can take to move forward, to repair a relationship or move on from a relationship um, is going to help you out in life. All right. You got to move. Okay. Pain is temporary. But when you quit, it's forever. That's it.